1: So what are you doing on January 29th? You were probably planning on watching the State of the Union address. Uh, If you're like me, you invite a bunch of uh, friends over to the house. You know, everybody wears a Trump jersey or maybe a Nancy Pelosi jersey and lots of drinks, lots of food. We, We stand up and cheer when our side says something we agree with. And then the people on the Nancy side, or the other side, I guess I should say, they they just, you know, stay in their seats and pout when they disagree. It's fun. And, you know, it's part of being an American. What's better than a good State of the Union party? I mean, who doesn't have one of those? Well, anyway, um, Nancy Pelosi's a party pooper. She sent a letter to the president today uh, asking him if he would be okay with delaying the address until after the shutdown ends. Of course... Uh, Trump has said that it could go on for weeks or months. And the Constitution does say, by the way, that the president is supposed to deliver a message to Congress every year about, you know, the State of the Union. So it hasn't always been delivered as a speech, though, and it could be written and just, you know, sent over to Nancy. That would put a dent in the number of State of the Union parties around the country, I guess. But seriously, uh, come on. Um, Who cares? The State of the Union Address has been a dog and pony show for a long time. The president delivers a line. Half of the swamp creatures applaud and half sit with their arms folded. And then every once in a while, one side stands up while the other stays seated. And every once in a while, everybody stands. It's phony. It's contrived. It's useless. And if it was really worthwhile, it would actually be a good time with everything that's going on now for the president to you know show up and try to give a serious speech laying out exactly what he wants and It would be a good time for Democrats and people watching at home to listen to what he said and then try to decide whether they believe him or agree with him or not, as it is now, he could give the greatest speech since uh you know the the Gettysburg address, and half of the idiots in the building would sit there with their arms folded or he could read somebody 's column from the I don't know, Washington Post, and get several standing ovations for that. I read out of the phone book. The Constitution says he needs to give the State of the Union. And I'm pretty sure it makes no mention of it being on national TV in prime time. So let's do whatever satisfies the Constitution. How's that? Maybe he could tweet out the State of the Union. You know, 280 characters. Uh, would that qualify? That would be pretty good, actually. How about, I don't know, maybe we could get Alec Baldwin to do his really bad Trump impersonation and just have everybody stand up and sit down and applaud and, you know, on cue. Anyway, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to a guy who says you shouldn't feel the least bit sorry for the government workers who are out of work right now. And in our second half hour, we're going to do some sports. I'm going to have Frank Bull on. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Grew up here in Pittsburgh, but he's been covering sports in Kansas City since the early 80s. We're going to find out about the Chiefs and what their chances are of beating the Patriots. So where are you going to get that? Huh? Talk about the State of the Union and then come right back with Chiefs-Patriots. Right here on the John Stagerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Stick around.
2: Go to relieffactor.com.
3: Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or us, you just might. on up to $20,000, Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windows or us
4: Pittsburgh.com. Have you ever seen a pest controller spraying chemicals in your home? It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest Free, and I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically read your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is Plug-in Pest Free. chemical-free, plug-in pest-free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our bestseller, the Plug-in Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Go today.
1: Obamacare, Trump care.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Well, as you know, Donald Trump is mean, and we should all be feeling sorry for the federal workers who are out of work because, uh, you know, he shut down the government. Well, Chris Edwards is director of tax policy studies at the Cato Institute and editor of downsizingthegovernment.org. He doesn't seem to agree. He joins us now. Chris, thanks for being here.
5: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, Steny Hoyer says uh, Donald Trump is holding the government hostage, and you beg to differ, correct?
5: That's right. Uh, uh, Hoyer is uh, parroting a lot, uh, what a lot of the Democrats are saying. Trump is holding the government hostage. But, you know, the way I see it is the, the problem is the federal government is far too large and holding too much of the U.S. economy hostage. So down the road, we ought to, you know, free the economy so that these screw-ups and squabbles in Washington uh, don't disrupt the broader economy, and
1: that's been an ongoing, uh, long, ongoing process, hasn't it?
5: Oh, the uh, absolutely. I mean, this current squabble and shutdown is, you know, one of many shutdowns we've had over the decades. And these problems are going to get worse. We've got trillion-dollar deficits, and the budget battles are going are going to get much worse in coming years, especially now that we have a divided Congress. So, I think we can expect a lot more of these federal government disruptions. Which is why I think we ought to take crucial functions like air traffic control, uh, transportation security, uh, and that sort of stuff, and move it out of the government, as some other countries have done, and that way they won't be affected when we have these bubbles in
1: Washington. Now I'm working on a plan, uh, my personal plan, to never fly commercial again. Um, I'm up to about, I don't know, six or seven years since I've been inside an airport. Because of the stupidity at airports. I'm able to get away with that now because I'm, uh, well, because of my job and everything. But anyway, why would anybody be against letting a private company do better than what TSA does at the airports?
5: I don't know. I mean, you know, so if you take airport security, I mean, I think what we ought to do is we ought to decentralize that to the control of local airports. Uh, many countries in Europe do that. Uh, Canada has a fully privatized system where, if you fly into a Canadian airport, the security is private. Look at the uh, look at the fellows that have the name of the company on their armband. That way, you know the government the government has a shutdown. The funding stream for those private security folks is you know is separate from federal taxes. It's the same with air traffic control. You're flying to Canadian airports, the air traffic control is done by a non-profit organization outside the government. It doesn't rely on subsidies, and it works very well. It's actually better than our system now. So, again, that way, uh, aviation would not be affected by these squabbles in in, uh, in in the government.
1: Chris, i got a strange question for you. I spent a lot of time in Canada. My mother was a Canadian. You sound like a Canadian.
5: There you go. I've been here uh, 28 years, and I still haven't, uh, you know, lost my accent. Uh, When I left Canada in 1990, it was a bit of a a hopeless welfare state. But, you know, since then, they've actually done a lot of good free market, small government privatization sort of stuff. Like I mentioned with air traffic control, uh, that in a lot of ways, they're more of a free enterprise nation than the United States now.
1: Yeah. uh, My mother mother was from Ontario, and... I go up there all the time, and i I have been exposed to a lot of horror stories about their wonderful um, health care system up there that's obviously run by the government. What happens in Canada if they would have a government shutdown and and you know what would happen to, like because people here there are people running around in the Democratic Party and they're they're serious about it they want they want um, single payer and that's government. so what happens if it's a government shutdown? Do the doctors shut down, and what happens?
5: Oh yeah, look. So the you know the, the way I see the difference between countries like the U.S. and Canada and Britain, we're all welfare states. The government's too big in all the countries, but that doesn't mean that other countries like Britain and Canada aren't doing things better than us. So you're right. In Canada, government strikes and shutdowns are uh, uh, can be a problem, especially for something like healthcare. Ab- absolutely, but then, like I said, things like you know, airports and seaports in Canada uh, are private in, in United States seaports are government-owned um, and there's other things And uh, you know for example um, you know national parks a lot of our national parks uh, they, there's really no reason for them to be sort of parts of the federal bureaucracy we can move them off create nonprofit organizations they could be self-funded by fees and other sorts of uh, other sorts of income and that way they're not dependent on on these guys agreeing to a budget every year.
0: Yeah,
1: I've dealt with some of the stupidity at the national parks, too. I won't go into right now, but uh, I, I hear you. And that, that, that should be also localized. Um, but it just seems like um, um, no matter how bad a government service can be, and how, what, no matter how poor the service people get from it, still the majority of people walk around with the, uh, with the assumption that the government can do it better. And that's why you get yeah, people right. saying, right. let's it have the government
5: and, and, I'll, and I'll give you an example of this. So the, the, uh, one of the, the serious impacts of the shutdown is uh, on uh, Native Americans, on, on, on American Indians who live, there's about a million of them, who live on reservations. Unfortunately, a lot of those reservations, their regular day-to-day services, like their health and education services, are run by federal bureaucrats. So they're being really impacted by the shutdown and that again is a big mistake we don't need to do that we should move the indian tribes and the reservations towards self-sufficiency we should we should you know in congress needs to do something there we need to form the property rights and the institutions on the tribal reservation, so that they can thrive and prosper without these subsidies from Washington. So again, there are these long-term reforms we need to do to get the economy out of the, th- out the from under the thumb of Washington.
1: We're talking to Chris Edwards. He's Director of Tax Policy Studies and Editor of DownsizingGovernment.org at the Cato Institute. Um, and... I, I, you, you give an example of the difference between the Frederick, Frederick Douglass National Historic Site and George Washington's home in Mount Vernon. When you're talking about how this affects tourists uh, and and uh, people who travel and and parks and all that stuff. That,
5: that's exactly right. So the National Park Service has this brawling bureaucracy of over 400 parks and national sites now. And, you know, people have been complaining for years that the National Park Service, they're underfunded, the maintenance is really poor, a lot of the national parks, the facilities are falling apart. And that's true. But the problem is, Washington and Congress has grabbed too many parks and historical sites and put it in the federal bureaucracy. We don't need to do that. Things like Frederick Douglass' uh, historical home in Washington ought to be privatized. It ought to be set up as a nonprofit outside government, just like George Washington's uh, home, Mount Vernon, and I'm sure many of your listeners have been to. It's extremely well run. It's private. They take no government subsidies. Um, it has, you know, a separate oversight board and that sort of stuff. That's how we are. That's where we ought to move for some of these government facilities. Move them off to the private sector. Maybe set them up as nonprofit outfits. Have them be self-funded, uh, and that way they're not dependent on these on the politicians. But it's kind of
1: hard. Well, I'm, I'm maybe not kind of hard. It's uh, just about impossible to rewind the video, isn't it? I mean, once you give government control, giving it giving it uh, the control of the government isn't as nearly as hard as taking it back. I guess is what I'm saying.
5: Yeah, you're right, and that's the really it's, it's an odd thing about the, the way the American government uh, works because power is so decentralized and there's so many players and so many veto points in Washington, um, the government gets bigger, it sort of ratchets up its power, then it's hard to reform. So if you have a system like like the British parliamentary system, if you go back and you look at all the reforms of Margaret Thatcher in the 1980s, it's absolutely extraordinary. She, She privatized dozens of industries, labor reforms, tax cuts, Cut spending. Uh, she got the government substantially out of the economy. It was it was a real it was a real amazing achievement. But unfortunately, those sorts of pro market reforms are very difficult in Washington.
1: Well, you're uh, the editor of DownsizingGovernment.org. org. That's a pretty big, um, uh, I guess, project there. Downsizing government. <laughs> um, so that's right. It, uh, how how small should the federal government be? Well, I mean, what what. If if it was if it was doing the bare minimum, what would that be, and how would that make you happy
5: over well, there downsizing the I'll give you a uh, comparison. You raised the issue of Canada. So in the United States, our federal government here is about 22% of GDP, 22% of the size of the economy. In Canada, it's only 15% of the size of the economy, the federal government. Why? Because it's a much more decentralized federation. So my central belief in reforming government is we have to decentralize. Canada has no has no federal Department of Education. There's no federal subsidies for public schools in Canada. It's all a provincial local thing. That's what we ought to do here in the United States. There's no reason for a federal Department of Education. So I would eliminate a lot of federal cabinet departments, decentralize these things out, out of Washington. If states like New York want a bigger welfare state, they want more food stamps. They want more spending of public schools. They can do it. But if other states like Texas want smaller government, they should be allowed to have smaller government. The problem in, in American government today is that the the uh, people on the political left have pushed all of this power up to Washington, and we have a big bloated welfare state that every state now is forced to accept.
1: And now there are people out there on the left um, who are saying with a straight face that California should have 12 senators and Wyoming should have one. And and these are people who are in Congress right now and uh, saying that, you know, the Electoral College is a bad idea. So these are people who don't think it's centralized enough.
5: Well, it is. So it is true that, you know, over because the Senate, uh, there's two senators from each state, of course. So small states like Wyoming get the same representation in the Senate as big states like California. That over many, many decades, political scientists, have found over and over that a lot more of the pork and the spending relatively goes to the small states because of that power in the Senate. So that is unfair. But the but the way to solve the problem is not um, you know constitutional reform. The way to solve the problem. Is getting the spending and the power to Washington to begin with. So again, if California wants a big food stamp program or something like that, they can have it. But if Wyoming wants a small one, they should be able to have that as well.
1: And more important than that, if you if you live in California and you don't want it, you can move to Wyoming. If everything's a- the same, there's no place to hide.
5: Absolutely, one of the one of the few restraints on government power in this in country that we still have is this ability uh, to move between um uh, jurisdictions and um that was strengthened actually with the uh Republican tax bill a year ago uh because the it, it made v- more visible the high taxes in places like California and New York and, and I imagine over the last year, although there hasn't been data on it, that the, the m- migration rate, especially of high earners, has increased for years. They've been moving from places like California and Connecticut to Florida, and I think that's probably increasing, which in my view is a good thing because it will force the high tax and inefficient states like New York to lower their taxes. I'll give you one really startling statistic, and that is the New York government is about 15% of personal income, okay, they grab they spend about fifteen percent of all personal income in new yorkers the in Florida, the state government is half the size, so Florida gets all the services that they do in New York for half the cost. It's pretty staggering well how do they do that? How does Florida because do it's it? just, they don't they don't have they don't have uh, the mandatory uh, unions in the government um they just run things more efficiently. Um, they, they don't have the, um, you know, the, the, the state is not dominated by the Democratic Party, always pushing for more spending. Uh, it's just simply more efficient government. And actually, the, you know, the schools in Florida are every bit as good as they are uh, in New York, even though they spend much less.
1: And getting back to the, the theme of holding somebody hostage, um, for the, if, you want, if you want power, you want to be able to uh, have all these people working for the government. Uh, if you're if you're a Democrat, you like the idea, don't you? That um, that the president might be forced to do something because people feel sorry for other people out of work. Uh,
5: no, no, no. You're right. I mean, one of the 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 the. the, the, the the centralization of power in Washington is a bit of an odd thing, I've I found, I'm looking at the political left. On the one hand, there's no doubt that the political left has been the main push to centralize government power in America, partly because the federal tax system is much more progressive than than uh, state tax systems. In other words, it hits rich people more. However, you know, it is the political left who always, um, they like the words diversity community, localism, but that is being crushed by, you know, government power in Washington. So there's this r- real inconsistency, I think, on the political left. They claim they want diversity, but then they, they always try to empower Washington, and when you do that, it crushes the diversity of the, of the 50 different
1: states. And um, uh, last thing here, just f- finishing up, if I work for the government— um, should I be prepared to have politics affect my job, and should I not expect people to feel sorry for me?
5: Well, I am surprised. The, the media is running all these uh, stories about uh, f- uh, federal uh, employees who uh, are not who haven't got paid now, I guess, for a week or so. Uh, you know, frankly, I mean, federal workers are very high paid compared compared to average Americans in the private sector, and it is pretty surprising that people don't, save up and put money away for their own rainy day that's that's of course not just true with federal employees but you, you know you often whenever there's any kind of disruption in a subsidy program people will, the news media will do stories about how people are in desperate straits personally i think that's appalling people have to take individual responsibility whoever you work for you should be planning for a rainy day and putting money aside so uh you know i i don't have i don't have a hell of a lot of sympathy
1: frankly and last thing, uh, people are. I have about forty seconds here. People are you know, running around calling Donald Trump Hitler and to- uh, a buffoon, and he's insane. And they want to, but they want to give the federal government more power. This is something I never understand because then, for the next Donald Trump, he's going to have more power.
5: You're, you're, you're absolutely right. That that's a remarkable uh, inconsistency. Um, the, you know, the, the assumption, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I did a blog the other day, Elizabeth Warren had, had these comments. And on the one hand, she's saying that, yeah, basically that, you know, Donald Trump is terrible and he's greedy and all the lobbyists are taking over Washington. But then in the next sentence, she basically talks about how she wants to expand the power of Washington. It makes absolutely no sense that, you know, that politics goes through cycles, the Democrats get in, the Republicans get in. And you know each has to start realizing they don't want to give the government too much power because it's going to do stuff that the other side likes but they don't. And uh, it's a lesson that hasn't been learned yet.
1: Yeah, it might take a couple more hundred years. Rick Chris, I, I appreciate <laughs> your time. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you
6: very much. All right, See you later. and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Two U.S. soldiers and two American citizens were among those killed Wednesday in a suicide bombing in northern Syria. One of the civilians was employed by the Defense Department and the other was a contractor. The names of the American victims are being withheld until their families are notified. The White House is offering its deepest sympathies and love to the families. The
7: deadly attack comes just a few weeks after President Trump announced that the U.S. will pull troops out of Syria. Even though the President proclaimed on Twitter that we have defeated ISIS in Syria, Islamic State militants claimed responsibility for the bombing. In a written statement condemning the attack, Vice President Pence says U.S. forces have crushed ISIS and that militants will never be allowed to reestablish their evil and murderous caliphate.
6: White House correspondent Greg Clugston. On Wall Street it up by 141 points, the NASDAQ rose 11, the S&P have 6, oil up to 52.31 a barrel. This is SRN News. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans,
1: America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at
6: 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
0: Hugh Hewitt can predict the outcome of the Russia investigation.
6: You know what's... I'm beginning to think it's going to happen. They're digging dry holes. They're going to find out that Manafort was a bad guy. They did bad things. They got nothing on collusion. The president is not a mole. And it's going to deeply embarrass the left. They'll never stop believing it, but it's going to deeply embarrass the left. That's what I'm beginning to think is going to happen.
0: The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, on AM 1250. The Answer.
6: Scores for the 2018 PSSA test are out, but the results hardly are encouraging. In fact, they are shocking. Pennsylvania must get over its excuse-making for poor academic performance. That's especially so considering the vast sums of money spent on remedial education and other special programs aimed at improving education quality. Learn more about just how troubling the latest PSSA scores are at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking has been challenged since 1995. Do more than just carry your cell phone. At Pitch It Mobile, every call, every text, every post carries a conservative message. Other companies charge you high rates and hidden fees that fund liberal agendas. Switch to Patriot Mobile to save money, plus part of your monthly bill is donated to 17 conservative organizations fighting for your beliefs. Here's Patriot Mobile CEO and Navy veteran, Maury Leland.
5: You know, a lot of people, they know where their money goes, but they really don't know what that money is funding. And that's really the difference. You know, people can take sides. They can put their money to work where they want it to work. And that's what we do at Patriot
6: Mobile. Switching to Patriot Mobile is easy. You can keep your number and get the same super reliable nationwide service. With unlimited plans starting as low as $20 a month, why wait? Want to save $30? Visit them online at patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh to get your activation fee waived or mention Hugh when you call one 800 Patriot. That's one 800 Patriot. Patriot Mobile. Carry the message. This is Chris
7: Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Stuck in traffic?
0: We've got the answer.
2: Continuing to be very busy on the Parkway East. Lots of slow spots outbound. Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood-Swissvale. Now on the inbound side, it's heavy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway Westing's a volume now inbound. Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Also inbound, 376. Got a crash off to the shoulder at Robinson Town Center. That's also causing a delay. Slowdowns on the outbound side of 28 Veterans Bridge to Grant Avenue and Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM
0: 1250. The answer. Weather.
8: Cloudy skies for tonight, going down to a low of 18 degrees for tomorrow. We'll stay cloudy. Some snow will be developing in the afternoon and will accumulate an inch or two before tapering off. Later on tomorrow night, the high tomorrow, 34. Low tomorrow night, 31. For Friday, a morning flurry, otherwise cloudy skies, high 37 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer.
0: This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
1: We're not afraid to mix sports and politics around here. That's kind of what we do. I think listeners are able to switch gears, and we're going to switch some gears tonight. Talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. They play for the AFC Championship on Sunday. Frank Bull grew up in Pittsburgh. Uh, he played for the an undefeated Central Catholic football team way back in the uh, 20th century. And he played football at Villanova. And he's been covering sports in Kansas City for almost 40 years. Still hosting a show on 810HB out there. And he joins us now. Frank, thanks for being here.
8: Tag, anytime you call, you know that, and I love the breaks. I love to sit through the breaks because I love to hear the Yinzers. I love to hear the accent, buddy. <laughs> I miss I miss my Berg. I miss the accent. I miss original hot dog from Manny Brothers. I miss it all, pal.
1: Yeah, well, and I just want to make sure I got the station right because you can't seem to hold a job out there. You
8: you uh, you've worked for every radio and TV station
1: in in the state of Missouri, I think, since you uh, left Pittsburgh. But it is eight ten H that- W H B, right?
8: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's. Uh, don't worry, you're about right. So I, I can't remember half the station's up with
1: Yeah, well, that's good. You I mean, somebody likes you out there, Frank? You've been doing it for what since 1982, 81. Nice. 81.
8: Hey, listen, April Fool's Day, 1981. Well, wow. so There
1: you go. Well, if you keep working out, you'll catch on out there. Just. Stick yeah, I, I
8: think I might. So,
1: <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, wait, welcome to AM radio in Pittsburgh. And um, what's the weather forecast? I think that's the biggie for Sunday
8: yeah right. well, it's changed about four. you know weather and you know the weather guys, right right um, this thing has changed fourteen times in the last three days. So the current uh, forecast is for about uh twenty to twenty five degrees, which is way up from the minus five degrees that we're looking at about three or four days ago. It's so gonna be between fifteen and twenty, and no wind. And so it'll be very tolerable at this point. The problem, the only problem is, now the field's covered, as we all know. And the Chiefs also have an underground uh, warming system for, for the field. So the field, if anything, would be a little maybe sloppy. It will not be frozen uh, because it just doesn't allow itself to be because of the heating system. But we are expecting between uh, four and five inches of snow on Saturday. Wow. But that really shouldn't impact... The game, yeah. so we'll just have to see how it goes. And Tom Brady is used to playing cold weather; he's played these games in cold weather before, so I don't I don't see that affecting him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes hasn't; he was, you know, he was at Texas Tech, so he's not a lot of Texas out there in the West Plains. And it got cool, if nothing you and I, being up here in you know yeah. more northern climes, would call cold. So we'll see how he reacts. He says he's going to play without a glove. And Tom Brady says he will play with Akilov. So we'll just see what happens.
1: Now that brings up my second question. And you may think this is a strange one, but I don't. um, (laughs) Or I wouldn't ask it, I guess. But which quarterback would you rather have on Sunday? Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? You've seen this kid play all year.
8: Yeah, uh, right now I think uh, – here's the way I look at it. Patrick Mahomes physically – is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. It's
1: not even close, he really. He can throw the deep
8: ball. Yeah, no. it's, it's he can escape from the pocket, run. He throws sidearm. He throws left-handed. The kid's a phenomenal athlete. But Tom Brady in these games obviously has the experience that Patrick Mahomes does not have. Mm-hmm. So you probably would want to go with the experienced quarterback. But again, Tom Brady doesn't have the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has either. So. We're going to have to see. I think it's going to come down to a team with still a lot of members on it that have experienced AFC uh, championship games and Super Bowls before, and for a team that has not, I'm going to tell you how blessed your Pittsburgh Steelers fans have been uh, with Ben Roethlisberger, and I know they're going through an upheaval right, right now right. with the franchise no deal. But here's the deal: Arrowhead Stadium opened. John, in 1972. This is the first year it has ever hosted an AFC championship
1: Wow. Game. I, didn't, I know it was a while. In, but... yeah.
8: They've only been in two AFC championship games. The other ones at Buffalo. 94, Joe Montana was the chief quarterback.
1: Wow, he's almost as old as we are.
8: That's, that's exactly right. He is as old as we are. <laughs> we mean almost. <laughs> yeah, he he is, is that's up, right. He's getting there, pal. That's right. He's getting there. So... You know, I, I think it really does. You talked about Tom Brady. It comes down to quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care who you are. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, a really great, top-notch, top-level quarterback, you got no chance in this league. Right. I'm sorry. I mean, the, the league is set up to go 8-8 eight eight for everybody, but you got no chance to be in the A C championship game, no chance to go to the Super Bowl, uh, if, unless you have a top-flight guy.
1: And, um... Uh, that brings me to my next question, and um, and uh, I, it's a, maybe it's another strange one, but I'm I'm wondering if you pulled the NFL def- pulled P O L L E D the NFL uh, defensive coordinators and asked which quarterback they'd rather prepare for, not necessarily for this game, and uh, uh, how many would pick Brady? I'm just talking about uh, figuring out a way to stop a guy.
8: Right, I, I think most would pick Brady at mm-hmm. this point.
1: Yep. So okay,
8: because number one, they know him. Number two, they know Bill Belichick. They know what they can do. They know that Gronk is not, you know, himself. He's he's a shell of his former self. I think this is going to be his last season. You got, you know, Edelman, you know what he can do. James White has been great out of the backfield, but you sort of know what they're gonna do. You know he's not gonna beat you deep. He's not gonna throw something over the top of everybody for all time purposes unless You fall down and they're gonna they're gonna try at least once or twice. And he gets lucky or something happens and he hits a guy who's wide open because they, you know, they schemed for it. But normally he's going to be dumping out. He's going to get rid of the ball quick. He knows the Chiefs can rush. He doesn't want to get out of the pocket because he can't. And so he's going to try to get rid of the ball and get rid of it quick. The other thing they'll do is on defense, Belichick's going to try to confuse the kid and slow the Chiefs offense down early in the game so that they can try to get out to a lead, mm-hmm. and they think if, if we get a lead, if we get a seven or a ten point lead before they finally figure out what we're doing, and hey, Belichick can do that to you. Uh, we got a great chance in this game. If we're going to let this team score forty, we're done. We're going to get cooked. Well, so,
1: um, I think Brady threw thirty, completed thirty four passes on uh, Sunday uh, against right. the Chargers, and nineteen of them were to running backs. And um my sources tell me that the equipment manager didn't well wash his uniform because he wasn't he had he didn't he didn't even forget getting knocked down. I don't even think he got hurried in the entire game. No, that's I, gonna change, isn't it? So.
8: No, yeah, that's gotta change. Chris Jones and Justin Houston and D Ford have to get to him. They've got to move they've got to move the front guys out of the way and push him backwards. They gotta push Brady backwards so he gets he can't step into anything because he doesn't have the arm strength he used to. You, just, you can't allow him to step into any passes, or then he will have a chance. But of, of those 19 passes you talked to, 15 were to James White. 15 to the same guy. James White's a running back. He didn't carry the ball once. He caught 15 passes. See, it, it's uh, the first time in NFL history that's ever happened.
1: Yeah, and I and I I've, I've have an ongoing thing here about the, the uh, hysteria over Tom Brady. You I, I, he can't argue with his success and he has all the numbers and all that, but uh, I think he's so much a product of what they do, um, and he's very good at it, and they found the perfect guy and 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 matched him with a perfect system. Because um, if he completed 19 passes to his running backs, that means I could have <laughs> completed probably 12 or 13 of them, right?
8: It's, well, maybe you, but I can't see over the line of scrimmage. Yeah, no, you don't have so to. It's I'm a running really back. Trouble. You flip it. <laughs> Us, but... Oh, no, I agree with you. I, I agree totally. I, but, but see, that's the, to me, John, that's the genius of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and all the offensive uh, coordinators he's had or whatever. That's the genius is knowing this is our guy. Super smart, um, you know, can do what he does we're not going to put him in a position to try to do something he can't do. Right. Make him as comfortable as as we possibly can and we just go win football games.
1: And the thing is if if and then you know aside taking uh, putting aside the fact that he wouldn't you know, just assume that he would uh, instantly know the Chiefs offense, there's no way on this earth that the Chiefs become a more dangerous team with Tom Brady playing than they are with Mahomes, not with all the things oh, he can do.
8: No, absolutely not uh, because a lot of the Chiefs Offensive success is generated on the fact that they have a player like Tyree Hill who can get behind anybody any time, and you've got to worry about that back there. If Tom Brady's playing quarterback, you're not worried about it. No. You, you know, you're worried about him catching one under your defense and going for sixty yards because he's just faster than everybody else on the field. But you're never worried about him. Uh, get get the ball thrown to him sixty yards downfield, which you really do have to worry. That's how strong Patrick Mahomes' arm is. You really have to worry about that situation.
1: Mahomes has a um, um, a Terry Bradshaw, uh, Jeff George, the uh, two different kinds of guys. But you know that yep. kind of an arm, where you just look at him and say, that kid, there's something special about the way he throws the ball, right?
8: Yeah, he's a super strong kid. Baseball player. His dad was a professional baseball player, obviously. Um, and um, was going to play baseball, was not going to play football, and decided to play football. And it, this is obviously what happened with that. And uh, he just, he has that arm, and he is so smart. I think that's the one thing Andy Reed just keeps saying. He said he thought Alex Smith was the smartest quarterback he had ever coached until he coached Patrick Martin. Wow,
1: and he's in his first year as a starter.
8: Exactly. And he, he just said, even that whole year he sat under uh, Alex Smith, he just said he sat in that quarterback room. And everybody, he'd, he'd bring something up. Uh, something up, and Alex and and uh, Andy just looked at each other. And went, he just asked that question. Yeah.
1: God, he seems Where'd like a pretty from? humble
8: kid, Frank, and likable. Oh, he's a great kid. He's a. He, that's the other thing. By him. He's just a great kid.
1: So, he's, if people will, people um, around the country will be rooting for him, I think most people are rooting for the Chiefs. Don't you? Around the country, they're sick of the Patriots. Oh, I
8: Oh, I don't, geez, I, they, we had a, a little Twitter map out the other day, and it was uh, people in the United States cheering for the Chiefs and people cheering for New England, and it was, you know, every state except Massachusetts.
1: <laughs> and that's a small one.
8: <laughs> was, was cheering, and, and I, and I, but I've told everybody, I told them on the radio this week, I said, that's who you want to be, though. You want to be New England. Oh, no question. You want to be the team that everybody hates. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: that's the team you want to be. And and let me me tell you, Arrowhead Stadium was one of my favorite places to go when I covered the Steelers on the road. Uh, And home field has not helped the Chiefs there in the past. As you've said, the Patriots with Brady haven't been very successful on the road. Noise is a huge factor because of the quarterback having trouble communicating. And Arrowhead, the fans are right on top of you. There's 70-plus thousand of them. What kind of a difference is that going to be for Brady and how he runs the offense with with his players not being able to hear him? Because so much of what they do is precision and throwing to a spot and changing the play at the line of scrimmage.
8: This will give you every indication of what that noise and what home field means. On the road, the Chiefs defense is last in the lake. Mm -hmm. At home, they're right around the, the midway point. They're about 15th. That increases that defense by half. Because and they can get a jump, incre- right? Absolutely. It's you, it's all silent count. And mm. the defense, they start to pick up what the silent count is. And they start to get the timing down. And then you're really in trouble. Especially, that's the other reason New England wants to get ahead. Especially if you fall behind. Then the fans are really into the game. Right. And then it really gets nuts. And, and you if, cannot hear. You cannot hear Dunner.
1: And if he gets hit the way... Uh, uh, Rivers got hit last week. He'll file a lawsuit against the NFL at halftime. <laughs> he, he doesn't like to be kidding. hit. He doesn't like. No, to be oh,
8: hit. he he hates to be hit. No, that, absolutely, it's going to be interesting.
1: I got about a minute and a half left. I have to ask you a question that uh, doesn't concern the Chiefs necessarily, but it's a, a question that people in Pittsburgh might be interested to hear your answer to. Would the Chiefs' coach, you mentioned Andy Reid, want Antonio Brown on his team?
8: No. He does not want any. Remember, they got rid of all pro cornerback Marcus Peters mm-hmm. because he's a trouble. He's starting for the Rams now. Yeah. Um, any they have they have cleaned the locker room of any kind of disruptions at all. All those players are gone. He doesn't want any unknowns. He wants he wants to control everything. He's got the locker room the way he wants it, and look where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they they traded away Marcus Peters, an all pro defense back, despite the fact their defense stinks, and he was the best player on it. And it was just, you just went, what? And then after a while, you just find out, you know, what's going on. You just, you see the kid, you see the way he reacts, you see the problems. He had, he had all kinds of, of uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties for the Chiefs. He disrupted games all the time. Had fights with fans. Obviously, arguing with the referees. He They don't, and he doesn't put up with anything. He hasn't put up
1: with a thing. Well, that, that'll be bad news for Antonio Brown. Hey, Frank, I'm out of time. I appreciate you being on. Have a good time at the game Sunday. Stay warm, man. Hey,
8: Stag, if they win, call me back during Super Bowl week. I will
1: do that. That's a good good, uh, hi, good idea. Thanks, man. Uh, See you. Hey, we'll talk to you. All right. No, That's Frank Bull, Kansas City radioed um, the man out there. He's like the guy. He's like the the sportscaster of the century out there. Frank Bull from Pittsburgh Central Catholic. We'll be right back.
7: Imagine your business being on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What could that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround, digital marketing that surrounds your potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. When they're on their computer, mobile phone, or tablet, your ad is there. When they attend a sporting event, conference, or concert, you're in front of them on their mobile device. When they walk into your competitor's store, your message entices them to visit you as well. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you.
1: Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or
3: doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and of course windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero in for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com.
2: The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, The Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
6: Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
1: So I hope you enjoyed that little sports interlude there. We've got a couple minutes left. I want to get back to a non-sports issue, but it's um, it's one that I'm always uh, interested in, the minimum wage. Uh, Bernie Sanders was on Twitter today whining about the minimum wage and saying it has to be raised to $15 because it's not fair to make people work for starvation wages and blah, blah, blah. Well, New York City restaurants, uh, they uh, had to, were required by law to raise their minimum wage to $15 an hour from $13 an hour back on December 31st. And guess what's happening? This is going to shock you, I know. People's hours are being cut. So you want to work 20 hours for $13 an hour, and now you're going to get a raise to 15 Good, we'll give you 15 hours. I'm just going to pay the same amount of money for you. Um, it's the third rise in the in the uh, wage since uh, december 31st 2016 when it went to eleven dollars an hour uh, and here's the only problem they have uh, they they're, they're, the restaurants are laying people off big time not laying people off but but uh, cutting hours and changing jobs. A New York Hospitality Alliance survey of 574 restaurants showed that 75% of full-service restaurants reported plans to reduce employee hours this uh, year in response to that raise. Another 47% said they would eliminate jobs in 2019. Eighty-seven percent also said they would increase menu prices. So this is the government's—Bernie feels bad that you're not making $15 an hour. It makes him feel good to give you that $15 raise using someone else's money because it's somebody else's business. A U.S. Labor Department report released last Friday shows full-service restaurants in December raised the prices most since 2011 because of the rise in food and labor costs. And here's another thing that happens— Uh, One woman here says um, she has turned um, servers into having servers bust tables because that's one of the lowest-paying jobs, which means those jobs have been eliminated. So somebody who doesn't deserve to make $15 an hour uh, if they're starting out in the restaurant business uh, is now eliminated. So they don't have any job. And the people who are working as waiters and waitresses – they are asked to bus tables now because the woman who owns the restaurant says, look, I can, I can have a, a waitress or a waiter bus a table, but I can't have a busboy talk to somebody about what kind of wine goes with a certain meal or, or, or act like a waitress or a waiter. So there you have it, $15 uh, minimum wage. Bernie Sanders is happy, and everybody else in New York City who works in the restaurant business will suffer. But Bernie will get votes based on that because it doesn't matter to him and it doesn't matter to other people who don't own restaurants. It makes you feel good. Why not $50 an hour, Bernie? I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.